0: hello and welcome to another drive in double feature i'm ryan i'm nathan and this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every tuesday and thursday but before we get into anything, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash podcast at gmail.com. Just a couple of fun games, fun activities, conversations that Nathan and I have together. But we give to you extra as you patrons out there as a thank you for supporting us. But if you choose not to, do not worry. It does not affect any regular content. But today we're going to be talking about 1958's Giants and toys directed by yasuzo masumura it is a scathing portrayal of the japanese business culture of the 1950s and how consumerism was kind of taking over japanese culture and uh nathan i gotta ask you what's the most important thing in the world (laughs) caramel of course right (laughs) selling caramel candies (laughs) these people will sacrifice their lives personal lives their personal (laughs) health to sell these freaking candies yes
1: yes, these (laughs) candies the three giants of caramel candies too isn't that isn't that crazy that the the three huge names of of caramel and we all know them i don't think i have to even name them they're
0: that popular (laughs) yeah Willy wonka and uh Mm -mm, mm -mm. giant giant Apollo Apollo and and world 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 yes (laughs) yes I remembered those but uh no and actually okay so this was originally based off of a short story that had kind of the same themes that were involved but Mm. for the most part it was just the framework was kind of taken where it had like these three giant companies that were taken and they just kind of inserted their own original story with it too. So mm-hmm. um, I, it's a really interesting story because it's uh, whatever you want to call it, like three kind of peers. They each work for a different candy company. It's sort so of
1: funny to me that it's like three friends and they, and Oh, they all ended up working at different caramel companies. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's a great moment because the one the two of the friends are like old college buddies. They were mm-hmm. kind of reminiscing about their old college days. And then another one's this woman who works for the company and she's like real flirtatious. And at first they're all kind of, kind of goofing around and like, Oh, like what kind of ideas are you giving? But then as the movie goes on, this relationship kind of develops over time into this very, uh, like quid pro quo type of relationship where mm-hmm. it's like okay i'm you're gonna give me this idea i'm gonna take this idea type of thing or they are, mm-hmm. they're always grilling each other for information about what the other company is doing yeah and they all have their own business tactics and it just ends up becoming like this real muddy kind of betrayal at the end and uh that the main that's kind of like the main story but there is a wide variety of cast and characters in this movie and Mm -hmm. i uh i really like this a lot like it was Mm. it it was so fun to me yeah
1: no this is the worst Uh,
0: movie i've ever seen in my life um no i'm I'm, just kidding i'm kidding fair enough i know
1: no this movie's great no it was really good uh i it was i didn't know what to expect going in there's another this movie was two like blind movies we, that ended up being really good um in my opinion
0: well yeah because just for context uh nathan and i not only do we like criteria movies but now we're <laughs> fans of arrow movies Yeah, i know so, <laughs> so another expensive boutique blu-ray but uh this one was also part of the Arrow set, and it just the cover for it just looks so interesting. I, know. I just when you see it because it's a cover of this girl, she's in a spacesuit and she's got like this little ray gun, and mm-hmm. you're just like, "I was like, what is this all about?" Like, so
1: yeah, and uh, she looked like she had like a missing tooth or something on the cover. I was like, you know what? Yeah, this looks cool, and it's called Giants and Toys. What the, i kind of was expecting a kaiju movie i'm not gonna lie to you i thought it would have like a monster or something in it it does not it's no um, in quotations grounded but very it's it's an interesting satire i was thinking about this it's a movie I, it's a movie that after it was done i thought about it a lot um where it's not like a satire where it's like over over the top but it is definitely like scathing is the word you would say. Like it is just like, it plays it so straight. It's a very funny movie. I think it's just a very like interesting, silly movie.
0: Yeah. There's uh. so the, the, the main protagonist, I guess, is mainly this guy named Nishi. He's kind of like a young business executive and he has kind of a mentor role with this other man who's, Married to the director's daughter. So he's kind of had like this nepotism type of role, and he's trying to <laughs> yeah. take over of the uh, other company and become like the new director. And just that guy, that character alone is a real crazy individual because he yes. will do anything to yeah. get a sale. but uh, and including um, so that there's like like I said, there's these three companies that are competing for who can sell the most caramels and they're kind of at a neck and neck type of race. And they're always trying to think of these ad campaigns. Um, one company is like, Oh, we'll, we'll give out live animals as a, what? as a, as a, yeah, gift." horrible idea, but I, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then, <laughs> um, uh, and then, but their idea is like, Oh, we're going to give out space suits. And yeah. so well, that's why he
1: stole that idea. So, because his woman there was like oh yeah you know a space theme would be cool and he's like got it that's my idea now
0: yeah well he, he did take that from her but the director said he's like oh yeah i was actually researching that idea two weeks that's ago." that's true that's true <laughs> so, um it just kind of shows like he was behind the ball and like the director was kind of thinking two steps ahead but and always um, um but they they're kind of looking for this face for a campaign and the real heart of the, of this story or like the real character that has like a big breakthrough moment is of this girl named Kyoko. Mm -hmm. And at first, you know, it's, it's so, you know, I find, I found myself kind of falling into the trap of like what this movie was setting (laughs) because at first when you see this girl, she's pretty, not to be mean but you know she's a little she's not and she's not she's pretty ordinary at first well and she and has rotten teeth uh. she's got rot, she's got rotten teeth um but um they're the guy says like i see something in her and mm-hmm. they they make this big photo spread about her as like a typical teenager yeah and then you just I don't know like what it, it just started becoming like enamored with her you know where it's just like oh well, yeah like you know I want to I yeah. want to see more of this character I want to see what she's doing and yeah. everything
1: no she's a really interesting character I really liked her she's like the heart of the movie right when you're surrounded by like these people that are so caught up in their job that it's literally killing them to see uh Kyoko kind of being lively and like just a nice person and like, well, not really a nice person, a typical teenager, I should say. Uh, I don't know. It, it's fun to watch and see what she does. I think um, I, but she's excellent in this role. Um, I, I think she like really does a great job. She's probably my favorite part of the movie.
0: Oh yeah. She's great. I mean, she's been in other uh, productions as well um, yeah. but
1: her her and uh, the main guy they were actually in um one of ozu's best movies yoshiro ozu's uh floating weeds together so that's yeah. right
0: that's right yeah yeah she's she's a phenomenal actress but uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't know she just she does a really great job in the in it's so this movie is almost like it's it's almost relevant today yeah just as well because they take this girl from nothing. And at first, you know, she's kind of like this really nice, sweet girl and spoiler, you know, she kind of goes on this big rise to fame and becomes the exact opposite of that. And, yeah. uh, but on the way there though, it, uh, they do try to paint her this really sweet, humble girl, but <laughs> she's very, she's got a real nasty attitude. I mean, she, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's got is- the, you go ahead.
1: Oh, no, like I said, she's a typical teenager. Like, just kind of like, like you said, nasty attitude. Always has something to say. Um, They show her family at one point, and she just picks on her
0: little brother and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and they even say, like, at one point, she she's like, oh, like, I can't wait to take all this money and spend it on myself. And they're like, don't ever <laughs> say that ever again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, especially when she has a sick dad at home who miraculously becomes okay as soon as she starts making some money
0: i think the interesting thing too is she ha- she does have this very lively personality there's a very uncomfortable scene though where when they're driving her to this photo shoot mm-hmm. she really does she, de- she doesn't want anything to do with this photo shoot she has no interest in fame they tell her like, oh you're going to be in magazines we're gonna take all these pictures of you and she's like mm. i want out and they literally pin her to yeah. the car seat and they're like no you're getting this photo shoot done <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: gonna make you look good on camera you, you little liar like so yeah they force her to do it she ends up liking it because the whole idea is that the guy who does the photo shoot makes women really happy with any photo that he takes and he's like he's a sleazeball but i did really like this character too uh, he's, he's just, funny yeah he's always funny um you know, I, I I guess, like, talking about satire over and over again, I guess this movie is satirical of, like, Japanese culture at the time oh, yeah. where, um you know, the, the idea is that your life is your career, that once you get a career, that it's going to be your life and there's not really much more to it. Um, There's a lot more there, but that's our main thing here. And it's taken to the ultimate extreme. Um, Like you said, the director here, love this character because he is dying like and it's not even like uh, like me being like figurative he's dying coughing dying but he will give his life for caramel that
0: so that's kind of what it's almost like this movie had like an evolutionary track to it with the with the (laughs) three characters because you got uh the the young character who's kind of finding his footing in the business world and then you Mm -hmm. got kind of like the middle character which is like the the real craze guy, like he's in the middle of it. And then the director of the entire company, he's kind of like the after effects or like he's been through, he's, you know, he, gets, he even says like, 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 you guys don't know anything about the war of business. Like you don't I mean, know like what th- what this does to you. You, you got to start thinking like you're in the feudal times and start making <laughs> like wartime strategies. And, mm-hmm. but he's, he's just so world weary of going through like this world of business. where He's just like, <laughs> like on his last breath and he's still <laughs> hanging on to this company yeah. and every, despite everyone telling him he needs to retire.
1: Yeah, giving his life to Caramel of all things. And I mean, uh, you know, I like Caramel as much as the next guy but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if i do this. I don't know if I'd go to these lengths.
0: They go and try to think of all these different business strategies. Like I said, uh, they uh, the, the one guy uh, they think of they, they get the girl and then another company the Apollo company they're like you could win a free subsidized life from <laughs> cradle to the grave you know you can basically get money for the rest of your life mm-hmm. yeah which is you wouldn't take that well that's I would yeah yes I mean, yeah I would, I, I would take that over a spacesuit or a live animal
1: no, I take it over a ray, I, a ray gun any
0: day of the week. Uh, I would, t- I would take over. You want the ray? You want the ray gun more than the subsidized life? I'm just kidding. But no, uh,
1: <laughs> you know another thing that's funny about this advertising that they talk about. They talk about her rotten teeth. And they're like, oh yeah, she eats so much caramel that her teeth rot out. And I'm like, that's not good advertising. I know that's funny. They
0: they they thought that was like a great choice. <laughs> yeah,
1: they were like, yeah, great, great. I mean. I guess it proves that she loves it, but I don't know. I wouldn't sell my candy by being like, yeah, kids, your uh, teeth are going to rot out. She
0: loves it that much.
1: I guess so. I wonder what got her teeth that bad. Uh, Uh, Poverty? I don't know. Oh, yeah, (laughs) poverty. (laughs) Makes sense. <laughs> um but no i i love the love just the advertising in general just the competition because they all three have different buses that drive down the streets and they all meet at like the same places it's pretty much like a war like like well, we said
0: well there's one scene in particular where the company giant they go out and they mm-hmm. have this big giant bright blue bus and mm-hmm. They actually are trying to sell uh, caramels to demonstrators for a protest. I'm like, hey, after you're done protesting, come buy some caramel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good after protest snack. Um,
0: but it's just funny because they don't yeah, care yeah. what they're what they're protesting. It's just like eat the Oh, candy. buy buy buy, eat, buy the candy, you idiots. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I I I love like just it, it's moments like that where it's just like taken to the ultimate extreme, um, and Kyoko's just taken along for the ride. She becomes so like I don't know she she becomes a hot commodity. Everyone everyone ends up loving her, I
0: guess. She goes everywhere, and mm-hmm. uh, she has a crush on Nishi, the young executive, mm-hmm. but he has zero attachment to her, zero affection for her. Yeah. and it does finally come to a head where she's like well why why don't you just be my boyfriend and we could date and stuff and he's like no way you're just gonna be a stupid girl with rotten teeth yeah Ooh, yikes <laughs> <laughs> um that there there and there's a whole lot of other downfalls that happen where the, the apollo company has like a big fire and the mm-hmm. old director was saying you know, we should help them during this time because this will improve our image. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, kill them while they're down. <laughs> and it has the exact opposite effect where all their sales start going down too. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So, you know, they kind of got a taste of, uh, you know, what they got or what they dished out. Um, trying to think about what else happens because the movie kind of rapidly takes a downfall. They actually end up losing Kyoko And then I love Kyoko's change here. She changes from one scene and then next time you see her, she's just like, she's like the spoiled actress. Uh, No, no rotten teeth. She's, she's above the advertising campaigns now.
0: Yeah. And it's, she, she does a complete 180. And Mm -hmm. like you said, later when she starts making money, her whole family, they lived in this real, like shack, basically, Mm-hmm. And now they're like, they're all wearing super nice clothes and they're appliances. And they're like, this house isn't fitting for Kyoko's family. We're moving out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was a great moment. And then, uh, there's a scene just to show you what I guess what she does now there's a there's a a a musical number in this movie too yes
1: in the in in the middle of it it gave me flashbacks to one movie we did recently Casino Royale where just in the middle of it we get she fully sings and everything
0: uh there there's a it just it shows you like their own downfalls like you said it just Mm -hmm. they get consumed by their own greed and thirst Mm -hmm. for power and the the one guy that's married to the director's daughter, the real crazed guy in this movie, uh, it show you do get kind of little glimpses into his personal life with his wife. Like, there's one scene where his wife comes in the room when he's like having, uh, when he's with the uh, younger executive and she brings some tea. He doesn't even look at her. He doesn't even acknowledge her mm-hmm. in any type of way. And that just, you can just tell they're in a completely loveless marriage and, uh, and there's a later scene where he, or the young executive, comes looking for him, and he runs into the wife, and she's like, "Oh, he comes home late every single night. I hardly ever see him."
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's like just, and that moment actually made me kind of sad because that, you know, once again, it's like the working man loses his family, wants nothing to do with them. It's well,
0: yeah, that's just yeah. to show you how consumed he is by his whole greed, and he's, yeah. and this character too is also literally dying too. Cause he's, yes, he gets promoted and he's just, he's, he wants to become the best director and he, he starts coughing up blood <laughs> and,
1: yeah
0: and, despite all efforts he doesn't get any rest like everyone always says like you look tired and he's like i haven't slept in days
1: yeah and he's like taking pep pills with like so i forget what the other thing is but he's just mixing certain drugs together and like he's taking like
0: like uppers and downers and he's mixing them all together
1: and the the guy is like what are you doing you can't mix these and he's like i'm i'm making it i'm surviving (laughs) because he's so torn up about the caramel business
0: (laughs) It, it 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 comes to a head finally so they uh, they can't get kyoko back mm-hmm. and it come to find out that nishi his friend from the giant corporation has stolen kyoko mm-hmm. at, and became her manager yeah. and just like okay she's out of the advertising game and uh there's a little moment there's a there's a moment there where he like confronts him he's like how could you do this we were friends he's like "Think." he's like It's like it's not personal. It's just business. And he's like, it's like that was a long time ago when we were friends. I, everyone wants to get to the top. I mean, don't you have ambitions of getting to the top? I mean, you got to do whatever it takes.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's like around this time where I once again this movie ends. Like I really love the way this movie ends because I think Nishi there off of that gets just so fed up with it all like he's just angry at the world like why is it like this like my friend's betraying me my boss is dying and like he in the final scene in the office i think is a a great scene between nishi and and,
0: uh, his boss there oh yeah yeah he they they're trying to get kyoko to go back to like to do the ad campaign but when they don't the guy's like, fine, I'll do it. He's just, he's coughing up so much blood. He can't even put the space suit on and he passes <laughs> out. And Nishi yep. at first was just like, I'm done, I'm leaving and walks out. Mm-hmm. And then when he sees him laying there, he's just like, like begrudging, like, oh, fine, give me the suit. And I then know. he just. And it's so, after
1: like he has this whole conversation where he's like, you know, we shouldn't live like this, you know, we should separate like our career and life. And like this is just insane. I don't want to have to do this. But after it all, he finally is just like, all right,
0: I'll wear the space suit. I will advertise for us. And it it's such a downer moment because mm-hmm. it just it's like the cycle continues where he's gonna have where he's now gonna sacrifice his personal life and well being. Mm-hmm to do what it takes for the company and he goes out in the street wearing a space suit, like in the middle of a big crowd and he gets pointed at and laughed at. So he just, he's sacrificing whatever humility he has <laughs> left of him yeah. and he's uh, he just looks like a big fool and his girlfriend at the time, because they end up kind of like doing like betraying each other. There's a, there's a whole ordeal with them too, but yeah. she does come around and eventually feels bad for him it's like come on smile <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and he does
1: smile so i think there's a positive there well i do think kyoka makes it out of. i mean she completely changed as a person but she makes it out of it she's a rich person at least <laughs> i
0: mean she I, I mean it she does get what she wants kind of but at the same time she's not in a very good place because the guy the the friend of nishi you know he's like his manager's like oh i'm also her lover too but they have like a little but there's a scene when it's just the two of them together where it's very clearly that Mm -hmm. there is no chemistry between them and this is clearly just like a business type of love relationship or whatever you want to call it or she's doing it to get back at nishi and and Mm -hmm. he's doing it so that way he doesn't lose her as a client that's true and that's
1: Uh, that that is pretty depressing the this whole movie is depressing huh
0: there so i i watched um the uh special features to this and there's a lot of really great moments and stuff that you didn't notice where um like there's a scene earlier where nishi and his friend go to a bar but it was like a bar they went to when they're in college and it's a bunch of college age kids like in their uniforms singing and having fun and they're in their really stuffy business suits and they're just like we used to like this place (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's just kind of like showing them like how out of touch they are with like their past selves and yeah how they've they've gone away from that side and they end up going to this real sophisticated bar afterwards Mm -hmm. and uh this movie is in color which is important to note because that was an intentional choice oh really okay because a lot of critics at the time had said like this movie is so loud and grow like it's like this is way too much color like really type wow. of thing but and that that was Masamura's uh, intentional choice. he was like this movie is supposed to be loud. It's supposed to look kind of ugly, you know, with all with the amount of colors because this is a very brightly colored movie. But
1: oh yeah, I I would say it looks great. I love the look of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess people were For still getting time. used to. I guess people were still getting yeah. used to color at the time, but uh, there's other really good scenes in here that don't have too much to do with the plot. Like there's one scene mm-hmm. where uh, there's a salesman talking about like how he does his sales tactics. He's like, like yeah. I'm the frontline man and you, uh, you publicist, you're, you're my ammunition. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. there, there's really great moments like that, that I love the scene where, like the two competing buses are in the middle of a, of the street. So it's like giant and, and world are trying to compete and world has that little company jingle playing constantly and Mm -hmm. giant. They've hired like this big, big guy, (laughs) big muscle bound strong man in a loincloth and handing out candies and Apollo. They just have like the one sign because they get just (laughs) as much business from one sign
1: yeah yeah exactly which is which is funny uh and uh how different do you think these candies even taste
0: you know i mean i probably i mean how how i'm assuming it's just a block of caramel isn't it? yeah like isn't a it square they,
1: they don't show the other companies but they show like theirs and it's just a little square um I don't know. I guess that would be that's part of the funniness of it too is literally they're the same companies but they're just
0: fighting against each other. Pretty much. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's that's what a lot of these big companies are now. Yeah. True. Except Coke and Pepsi. There's clear difference there.
1: Okay, sure. Whatever you say. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, there is. But, like like yeah. yeah,
0: Coke is better.
1: I I don't think so. I don't think that's the I don't huh? think that's the stance. Yeah, I think even Coke knows they wait guy who works at coke wakes up and goes to the factory he's like i'm gonna try my hardest to make this taste worse than pepsi i, I don't oh, know yeah.
0: I, I run into pepsi vendors all the time they tell me they're scared of coke vendors
1: but really it's like a, <laughs> it's a battle now okay yeah. i can yeah. see it yeah <laughs> Where, uh, yeah i really love whoever pepsi spoke person is versus coke spokesperson is um yeah what is it are you a coke rewards person or a pepsi points person that's, that's oh, what I ask
0: people. I've got my mini Coke fridge right here.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got, I got my, my Pepsi Man suit right over there. Uh, yeah. Got my Diet Coke socks
0: on. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear <laughs> <laughs> it. It doesn't seem like it much has changed. And no. almost, and this is, what is it now? It's like 66 years or something like that in the Long time. future. Yeah. So, it, that's why i was saying this movie is almost still relevant today you still have these big corporate giants just battling it out for each other and they're yeah. all thinking in different ways but i i really like the business espionage of a lot of it where it's just like these three characters trying to get information out of each other i mean because mm-hmm. at first that relationship between nishi and the girl it it's kind of like uh like you know like took a like oh well like I'll pretend to flirt with you. If you give me some information type of thing. And, Mm -hmm. and then it just, it eventually blossoms into like a real romance type of thing, but it, uh, little moments like that. Like I said, it looks great. Um, a lot of snappy dialogue, um, just a real hidden gem of something that I didn't know I wanted, but I'm glad (laughs) I found it. And, um, since then too i also watched one of his other movies after this Mm -hmm. and he does uh, other type of like business type of uh of movies there's at least two other ones that i i know of so gotcha
1: so he has similar themes would you say he's like maybe a new favorite director
0: we'll see i i liked his first two movies of his that i've seen so we'll see as we we go into the other filmography
1: yeah yeah no and i i really think just from this movie he's a He seems like a really cool director. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a neat movie. It was a movie that was unexpected to me when I was going to get. And uh, no, it's it's like you said, it's a beautiful movie and it becomes really funny. And I love the ending of this. I think check it out if you do get a chance to check it out. I didn't get to watch any of the special features on the Arrow disc, but just looking at the movie, I think it looks great. I think Arrow did a
0: great job with this release. And I will recommend the uh, commentary track that's on there too mm-hmm. if you do get a chance because it's done by a film scholar of Japan and uh, she does a really great job because it's not very it's not dry at all like she's constantly give, throwing about facts to you and sometimes I've noticed on a lot of these commentaries it's just it'll be like somebody that worked on the movie just droning on about mm-hmm. one of their stories like oh, I have this really funny story that happened on set or uh-huh let me tell you every little detail I did to make this one tiny prop or something. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's interesting, but it gets old after an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. I think like knowing me, at least what I, I, I like what a scholar or a historian talks about it. Cause I really like historical context and like what impact this made. Cause I mean, I mean the, I was just reading that the British film Institute listed this as one of the best Japanese movies like ever made. I, and I've heard that it, from just reading that it was a very important movie for the time. So I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. I agree too about the commentary. It, I, I mean, it's so, it sounds crazy to say that I'd rather hear somebody <laughs> that studies this movie than somebody that actually made this movie, but yeah, yeah, But it's true. They usually have a lot more information and historical context with this mm-hmm. Yeah, and make it sound very, it makes it sound like a huge like research paper. Yeah.
1: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um but no cool i'll definitely check it out
0: yeah so we both give this recommend yep but uh nathan what are we going to be talking about next time all right so
1: next time i've got i've got a little something special for y'all at home we have a kung fu double feature coming up next week we haven't done anything kung fu related in a long long time so i'm excited to get to that and um this one coming up is called Dirty Ho from uh,
0: 1979.
1: Oh. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not what you're thinking. Get your mind out of the gutters. His name is Ho. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yes, D- Dirty Ho is <laughs> is streaming <laughs> over on Arrow Player. And it's streaming over on the Internet Archive for free. So you don't have to pay anything to watch it over there
0: fantastic but always support the official release if you can and yes, if you can <laughs> um but thank you so much for joining us um once again if you have any thoughts opinions about this podcast please email us over at drive double feature podcast at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on patreon d-i-d-f pod and once again check out the patreon over at patreon.com slash drive double feature podcast but